Hey, Dr. John, how's it going? Good. Hey, how are you, man? Pretty good. Can you hear me okay? Okay, you're pretty, yeah, you're great. Great, you're pretty clear on this side. Um, listen, I just want to thank you first and foremost. We're recording right now. Um, I want to great. thank you first and foremost for for taking some time out to speak to us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. All right, so I, I caught you. Um, like I guess how most uh, interactions happen now. I found you on social media. I guess this is the the, the core way we we find people now. Um, and uh, I was drawn to your page because of all your your really. Uh, your functional smart type of training and your explanations um, when you write down what the training uh, modalities really do for anatomy. Um, that background, how did you get um, so well-versed in the background? Obviously, um, you're a professor in exercise science and sports performance, but where did your, where did your, your training and, and information gathering begin? Uh, so it really began, uh, I started training when I was in, uh, late junior, really senior level, like in high school, and I knew I was going to go to college, and I obviously wanted to find something that was going to be interesting to me that I think would do well, you know, very long term. So, you know, I chose exercise science. I ended up, um, you know, majoring that at the time. This is before, um, you know, social came about. This is before Twitter. This is before like Instagram, uh, Facebook had just launched. Um, you know, in the early like, mid two thousand. So it was before all the stuff that we have today, and. So I ended up doing uh, like a two-year stint with training conditioning. Um, I went to uh, Western Kentucky University in Bollinger, Kentucky. I got my undergrad and master's degree there. Okay. And then after my master's, um, I was at the University of Louisville for a little while. And then I started my PhD. I so just continued to, to really train, kept it evolved. And, um, you know, I ended up teaching several different types of courses where I kind of implement a lot of these things that I've learned over the years that I see. Some of my colleagues have done, um, and then, you know, started speaking at a lot of conferences and events, and, um, you know, started to compete in strongman, so I've done eight strongman contests before in the past. Nice. Um, you know, so, you know, blending a lot of the, you know, because I, I got the science, um, you know, I did have a PhD, I got that at University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Okay. And, you know, blending the science, you know, with the strength background has really allowed me to utilize a lot of those aspects of, you know, being a practitioner. You know, and a science-based, you know, um, researcher um, and those author and speaker to kind of blend those very nicely because, you know, I can use those to certainly relate to, you know, coaches and trainers and even, you know, academic people, um, you know, because that was, that was really like one of my biggest goals and drivers to be able to relate to, you know, coaches and trainers because most times, even now, um, you know, academics and, you know, coaches don't always have the best working relationships and um, it's, it's due to a combination of things, you know, either ego, but also just not finding, like, mutually exclusive, um, you know, commonalities and, and experiences and, and training background. So right. um, hopefully, um, you know, very similar to, you know, my colleagues, you know, Brett Bartholomew and a few others, um, I'd like to be able to kind of help, you know, with the um, uh, long-term kind of revolutionize, you know, that part as well. And, and then, um, you know, I've always been a professor for almost the last five years. And um, you know, so nowadays I do more of the private sector stuff. I'm still able to teach courses. Um, I've got I've been teaching three to four courses um, for the last you know four years or so. Okay. Which has been nice. Um, and then I travel throughout the year, speaking at a lot of conferences. Um, and I've done multiple book chapters. And I have a lot of projects going on right now. And you know, trying to help students um, as well. So yeah, there's certainly a lot going on. 
Yeah, that's a lot. And, and I'm just going to go back to what you said um, first about the strongman con- uh, contest yeah. you used to be a part of. Um, so um, I consider myself more of a power lifter than anything else. It's just what I've always loved to do. And I, I was kind of good at it just naturally. Um, so I just have a, a couple of questions for you. When when you talk power lifting, do you believe it's um, motor unit recruitment or do you believe it's more of a, a mental ability to um, – to think strong and then therefore be strong, or do you have a different combination or a modality for for increasing power? Um, I think you know power production comes. Um, it's kind of a you know what's interesting is like the word powerlifting is. I mean, scientifically in terms of that adaptation, like it, it's kind of a misnomer because really the, the sport of powerlifting, you know, your main objective is to lift the most amount of weight for like one rep. Right. Um, however, like with various training modalities throughout the year, you do have to actually produce and train for power output. So now the event itself um, and the lift itself is not power-oriented compared to, say, like Olympic lifting. There are aspects of power training that you have to do throughout the year. Hopefully that makes sense um, to you and a lot of the listeners. It does. So, you know, my, my approach to that is, you know, very similar, actually, like, you know, for strongman, you know, when I was competing, um, you know, powerlifting and the conjugate method were my base. I sprinkle in a lot of, you know, assistance work and hypertrophy, you know, stuff, you know, on top of that. So um, I think it's really a combination of, you know, both mental, uh, you know, physical and technical efforts. Um, and so to, to be able to maximize those, you know, through competition and having the right training program that, that fits person's need, you know, of course, for both male and female competitors. Okay. Um, I, I think it's something that um, is, is always, you know, of interest to me, and um, it's something that to the process has to be adapted and has to evolve through that over time. Couldn't agree more. Um, you also stated that um, you're a, a published writer and an and author. Can you talk about your writings? Yeah, sure. Um, earlier on, I was a, uh, one of the top writers for Elite FCS. Okay. Um, I was a writer for there for four years. I think I wrote about 35 articles, you know, for them. Um, I've been published, written for, contributed to every major fitness, consumer strength and bodybuilding magazine in the country. Um, I wrote for Muscle Mag for two years. I've been in um, Ironman a few times. I've been in the Wall Street Journal twice. Um, I've been in Oxygen, uh, Experience Life. Uh, a small thing for Flex Magazine, uh, Muscle and Body. Um, and then uh, you know, a whole host of, of others. And then I've also been published. Um, I do a lot of work for the uh, National Strength and Conditioning Association, NFCA, you know, um, the last several years. So I've been on, you know, three or four of their committees. Um, I've been published in the Research Journal, um, JSCR, I think twice. I've um, been published in the Strength and Conditioning Journal um, six times, I believe. Okay. Um, and then the Personal Training Quarterly twice. And then... Um, you know, so I'm also a reviewer, you know, for those journals and a few others. Um, and I've done, um, at the end of this year, it would be, I think, uh, nine, nine or ten book chapters. And I'm in the slow process of trying to uh, get a contract going for uh, human kinetics uh, for an actual book. So, wow. Awesome. And now, yeah, yeah. that's a lot. <laughs> um, highly yeah, accredited. Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, it's a lot. I love it. I love it. And the transition to um, public speaking, which I – is one of, I guess, the things I'm trying to work on myself. I always find it fascinating um, how each individual, based off their industry and their credentials, starts 
the process of public speaking and right. what they use um, in terms of preparation to make sure they're as articulate as possible when they're speaking to, to the public? Yeah, it's a really good question, um, and it can actually be like a deep question. Um, and I was lucky enough to have an advisor who, you know, he and I are still good friends. I just saw him a couple of weeks ago, uh, you know, Dr. Lynn Kravitz, and, okay. you know, he's very internationally known. And um, so I was lucky enough to have a mentor like that going through my PhD, and, you know, he's an internationally known, you know, speaker, and he's very animated. And, you know, he and I have very similar personalities, so I was able to, you know, to feed off his. Um, you know, over the years, and that that really helped me kind of transition, you know, in and out of like you know teaching, um, both coaching and like public speaking. And I will say that um, you know teaching a course, whether it's with students or a private seminar or at a conference, like they're all very different because you really have to know the audience you right. know very well and know you know not only who you're speaking to, but you know have an idea about what about what their backgrounds are. I mean, is it um, a conference that people may not be well-versed, like, in the deeper science. Okay. Um, if so, you know, that's great. If not, then you have to break it down into in levels that they can really understand. Hmm. Um, so a lot, of it, a lot of it is about knowing your audience, that you have to be, um, you have to tell stories. You know, people love stories. Yeah. Um, so I integrate those a lot, you know, throughout various aspects of speaking. Uh, they love facts, um, you know, and I like to, you know, one of my, you know, kind of philosophies is, uh, the, the multi-level ease, you know, entertainment, you know, engage, um, you know, enthusiasm, those types of things hmm. um, to be able to kind of maintain, you know, maintain people's attention. Because especially in teaching courses now, I mean, the, the, the um, length of attention span is about 45 seconds. I call that the, yeah, I call that the Twitter uh, attention span. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so you have to be able to kind of intertwine, you know, those. And it takes practice. I mean, I, I've talked on the same topic uh, a lot over the last several years, and I still go back and look at my stuff, and I still go through it and practice. <laughs> Got you. Um, you did list off uh, a bunch of uh, credentials before and projects that you had uh, formerly worked on. What current projects are you working on, and what future projects are you working on? Yeah, so current projects, um, I just submitted an article um, with a student um, that we wrote for the NSCA person planning quarterly. Hopefully, I'm sure that will get accepted. Um, and the project of finishing up um, one for uh, streaming edition journal um, as well. Okay. And then I have some individuals that want to help with some content stuff, you know, for um, Instagram. And then um, I've been in the full process of trying to, you know, write a, a review article for the big research journal um, on some aspects of uh, eccentric training because that's kind of like my bigger, like, you know, research background. Huh. Um, so those are some of the current current projects. And then future projects, uh, trying to get a book uh, deal uh, with hemokinetics. Um, I like to do a TED Talk um, in the future. Uh, it won't be training-related, um, but something that has to do with, um, you know, how the, the importance of, you know, being and maintaining uh, your level of, you know, of practitionership um, throughout, like, you know, your businesses, um, whether that's coaching or training or, or whatever it is. Kind of like, you know, don't, don't just talk about it. Like, you actually have to do it and kind hmm. of live it. So that's how, that type of thing. Love um, it. And then, yeah, so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of really cool things, you know, going on. I've been doing some consulting with some other companies and, um, you know, trying to – I've got five more conferences I have to speak at the rest of the year. 
um, uh, and then uh, trying to um, uh, shoot for some international things for, for 2020. Awesome. Dr. Mike, before we get out of here, can you give everyone your social media handles, your website, yeah. any other place that they can follow you on? Sure. Uh, my Instagram is Dr. J. Mike. Uh, my website is drjmike.com. Um, and then my Twitter is uh, jmike125. So Instagram is Dr. J. Mike. The website is drjmike.com. And then Twitter is uh, jmike125. So uh, that's where I'm, I spend a lot of time. I'm going to do a little bit more on Instagram these days. I'm also on Facebook, so you can find me there. And then, um, so yeah, thank you so much. Hey, Dr. Dr. Mike, we. Uh, I really appreciate you just taking the time. Um, I follow you on Instagram uh, because you're knowledgeable, and I hope more people understand that uh, we need more people like you on social media. Great. Thank you so much. I appreciate you reaching out. It's, it's great talking to you. Great talking to you, too. Have a good one. Okay, bye.